Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now, you've found it. This is Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world. With your host, Alan Smith. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Truth About Trucking Live begins right now. All right, welcome back to the show, everyone. Today is Thursday, November 6th, 2014. Appreciate you tuning in this evening, sharing a little of your time with us. I'm Alan Smith, along with Donna Smith, of course. And this evening, we'll be discussing truck drivers' legal rights as it pertains to injury on the job, workers' compensation, something that I would think is uh, fairly common in the industry. Our special guest is attorney Rod Ream of TruckerLawyers.com who uh, founded that website in 1998, but has been representing truckers for over 30 years and has practiced uh, workers' comp and personal injury law for over 40. And uh, altogether, the firm's associates have over 70 years of combined experience. So, you know, last time we had Mr. Ream on the show was, uh, uh, what, Donna, July of 2013? Yeah. Just a little over uh, a year, about a year and a half ago. Yeah, it's been a while. So we're going to uh, do a little catching up with our guest this evening, as well as sharing more on how his law firm continues to stay uh, very active in social media, all in the cause of helping truck drivers in these areas of law. And uh, be taking your calls if you'd like to be a part of the program, have some questions for our guest. Our call-in number is 347 826 9170 and uh donna like i said you know it's been a while since mr ream's been on the show but you know we still stay in very good touch through social media i know the past truck driver convention we had uh, the, i mean they're very active in the social media truckers rights and support oh absolutely and uh they just um hopefully um mr ream can help us through it but he's got a new a mobile site that's making it easy to not just contact them, but to get information from their blog because they offer a lot of free uh, information uh, on their blog. So maybe we can get a little more about that. And plus, um, from what I understand, uh, they're they're going to have an app. So I want to hear a little bit more more about that. Oh yeah, we'll touch on all that. So. Hey, stick with us. Our guest this evening, Rod Ream of TruckerLawyers.com. Our show, Truckers Legal Rights, Injury on the Job, all coming up on Truth About Trucking Live. You're listening to Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Alan Smith will be right back. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here with Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? 
the Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment, and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end, and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. And be sure to tell them that you heard about them on Truth About Trucking Live. Man, it's crowded tonight. Care if I join you? Sure, have a seat. Sorry about the paperwork. <laughs> Name's Cole. Appreciate it. I'm Harlan, by the way. Here's a fill-up for you guys. Thanks, honey. Harlan, you look hungry. What can I get you? I'll have a Coke and whatever he's having. Back in a bit. What are you doing with all this paperwork, driver? Looks like you're tripping over your trip sheets. Want to get a jump on these taxes before they jump me. There is a better way to manage your trucking paperwork. With TripSheetCentral.com, you're a login away from tracking every aspect of your business. TripSheetCentral.com organizes your information easily so you can see how your business is performing. That sounds easy. And it's fast. Time-consuming paperwork is eliminated with a low-cost monthly subscription. I no longer have to worry about invoices, settlement reports, or fuel tax returns. TripSheetCentral.com does that for me. Manage your business information securely with TripSheet Central. Visit TripSheetCentral.com at your next stop. This is Truth About Trucking Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at truthabouttrucking.com. Now, back to the show. All right, we're back. Uh, Mr. Ream of TruckerLawyers.com, our guest. Have some callers uh, hanging there on the line already, a few kind of moseying in there to the chat room, so appreciate uh, everyone joining us this evening. So, uh, Mr. Ream, uh, welcome back to the program. Thanks for joining us this evening. Hey, nice to be here. Can you hear me? I'm kind of in a motel and my cell phone on speaker, so I hope hope it's uh, coming through. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can hear you fine. So in a motel, so you're... Uh, <laughs> You're living the good life, huh? Yeah, exactly. I'm out meeting, meeting some clients in the western part of the state out here in cowboy country. Yeah, so yeah, now your firm's based in Nebraska, if I remember correctly, right? Correct, yeah. On the eastern side of the state, and I'm I'm almost to Colorado right now. Uh, we practice. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Hey, um, well, listen... Um, I, you know, I wanted to make it clear right off the bat, you know, I mean, we're talking, uh, we'll be talking about personal injury and workers' compensation, but, I mean, I know your firm, you know, you know, uh, represents drivers in several areas of law, n- not just those two, but, I mean, this is mainly what we're wanting to focus on tonight or whatever you're wanting to focus on, correct? Yeah, and, and actually that's what we specialize in is, is injury cases and then some employment matters uh, for uh 
wrongful termination, but we're, we 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 live in our practice, so we pretty much do the same stuff all the time. So hopefully, we know what we're doing. Uh, well, I mean, I think thirty, forty years is a pretty pretty good experience, and and uh, we've gotten to know y'all. You know, kind of you know personally, y'all were a sponsor of the uh, convention in two thousand twelve. You're you're one of our sponsors of this show, and. And uh, I know Donna a lot is uh, with social media on there with you, and I am the best I can be. But, uh, you know, y'all are a great supporter of drivers. You have a blog on your website that you provide information. And is that an interactive blog, by the way? I mean, can drivers ask questions through your blog? Yes, and we answer them. Oh. And uh, the uh, mobile website that we have put up is also uh, interactive. In fact, I helped out a lady from uh, Kentucky today that got a hold of us through our mobile site. Her husband had died, and uh, she was having trouble understanding what her rights were and where to go, and we made some uh, referrals to her for people in her part of the country to help her. Okay, well, since you brought that up, I mean, that is something uh, fairly new that you've launched. I think... uh, I think people can find your new mobile site uh, through truckerlawyers.com forward slash mobile. Uh, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I put a link. Um, you did? Uh, well, no, I've got the blog up there. Let me get a link in the chat room to that site also. Okay, because that's just another way. I mean, you all use a lot of technology, a great deal, I mean, in, in your firm's uh, day-to-day business. So, this mobile site. Uh, I mean, not not all truckers have a laptop, so uh, y'all y'all launch this mobile and uh, tell us a little bit more about that. I mean, is it um, works with tablets or iPhone or what? The mobile works. You have to connect to the internet as opposed to an app where you know you, you get it through your your phone. We're working on, on on getting into the app technology. I mean, we understand that. Uh, most of the world communicates through these smartphones anymore. Uh, you, all you have to do is have your eyes open when you're uh, around people and, and realize that, you know, virtually everybody communicates uh, not with talking on the phone but through, you know, gathering information and sending messages and so forth. And so we're just trying to make ourselves as available as we can to help people. And, of course, that helps our business too. But... Uh, uh, it, it, it basically it, it makes the uh, website for trucker lawyers more readable, more more accessible. I don't quite understand all the technological or technical differences between a non-mobile website and a regular website, but I understand that the mobile website allows people to see the whole page and and, and have and, and get more of the information without having odd-looking documents, that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and I mean it works on your tablets and your and your smartphone. So, all right. So new, and I think again, Donna, right? That's truckerlawyers.com forward slash mobile is where you right. go. Well, we've got some callers already lining up for you, uh, sure. but let's uh, you know let's get started here a little bit. I mean, I know there's some things. Uh, it's been a while since I like we talked to you. you just kind of catch us up on on what's going on. I know we wanted to touch on my first question when whenever, you know, I I'm I think of you and your law firm on personal injury is uh I mean, I can see a lot of problems for a driver who who injures himself on the road. I mean, you know, a driver lives in Kentucky, he gets injured in California, 
His, his company is based in New Jersey. That's a lot of state lines to wade through. I mean, so, um, uh, you know, I'll just kind of let you take it over there and lead us wherever you'd like to go. Well, uh, it's pretty well established that that a driver will have choices uh, on where uh, he or she can make a worker's comp claim, almost regardless of where they get hurt. The, the, all 50 states and the District of Columbia has different workers' comp laws. And each state has a little bit of different basis or, or uh, rules on when they have jurisdiction over your case. And almost every state uh, will, will give you jurisdiction if you're hurt there, regardless of where you live, regardless of where your company's from. Uh, most states also will allow you to sue under their law for a company that's located or headquartered there. And some states let you sue if, if you live in their state, regardless of where you got hurt. There, there's just a variety of ways or, or venues, you know, that, that you can choose. And people, uh, drivers need help to sort through this because the rules are extremely different from state to state. Uh, Nebraska is right across the river, from the Missouri River, from uh, Iowa. We have a fairly strong workers' comp law, but Iowa is, is much more generous. And if, if uh, you have the choice between Nebraska and Iowa law, we almost always recommend Iowa law because it frequently will pay twice as much. Uh, really? Yes. And hmm. Missouri has a, has a much less generous law than either Nebraska or Iowa. And... Uh, it, it, it there's been and there's a constant reform of these laws too. It's hard to kind of keep up with them. It, there's been a big effort for about 25 years to take away workers' rights uh, across the United States, and those efforts have succeeded uh, quite well. And, and there have been some major reforms in the last year or so. Uh, that, that took workers' rights away in Oklahoma, for instance. Their whole law was basically scrubbed, and, and uh, people lost rights that they'd had for 100 years down there. Uh, Georgia had rights limited recently. Uh, there's just battlegrounds after battlegrounds. And, uh, and Well, why is the reason for that? I mean, Oklahoma is my home state, so i got to get on the ball and call down there and see what's going on. I mean, what what what's the reason for taking away so many rights, for example. It's always businesses saying that it costs them too much to provide workers' comp coverage. The same oh, reason okay. they state it's cost-cutting. They want to cut the cost. They want to uh, simplify things, supposedly, from their standpoint, which usually whenever they're talking about simplifying something for the employer, they're usually talking about taking away from an employee. Uh, Medical yeah. costs in the work work area are increasing as they are in the general sense of the word. It used to be that the actual medical expense for for workers' comp systems were less than half of the of the benefits that they're paid. Now they're 65 or, or, or so percent across the United States and, uh, and increasing because medical care is increasing cost of care is increasing across the board and workers' comp isn't any different. 
and uh, we're, we're staring down, you know, state after state, something called evidence-based medicine with treatment guidelines that essentially allow uh, insurance companies to set up kind of checklists of what has to be present before people can have certain types of care. And these, these in the worst extremes, these checklists have been reviewed by foreign doctors in foreign countries denying workers because their x-ray code was one digit off from allowing them to have a month of physical therapy worth it versus a week of physical therapy. That battle's been fought state after state after state. Okay, well, I, and I don't want to get too political here, and then I want to get more on, you know, the, the rights that drivers do have now that, that we have you on here. I mean, we just, but we just had midterm elections. Uh, many aspects of the uh, Affordable Health Care Act is, is set to kick in next year, 2015. Um, do you see that um, affecting these laws in a, in a more, major, more major way than what you've already spoken about? Well, I, I'm not sure. I just, to be honest, uh, how that's going to impact other than the Affordable Care Act. If, if business reacts to that like they, they do to everything else, they'll try to figure out ways to, 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 to shift costs off their workers' comp into their health insurance. You know, I, there, there isn't really that close a connection other than there's a fear among some people that that as affordable as the ACA, the Obamacare uh, goes forward that that there may be an effort to shift all health care into that uh, and I've got real mixed feelings about that. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people do. Well, not not to put you on a, a political stage here. I was I was just curious because uh, I mean I've been hearing a lot about that. But I, I have a high hi Rod. This is Donna. Hi. How are you? Yeah, I hope you're doing well. I'm doing better, thank you. And um, I have a question from um, in the chat room. Uh, he couldn't call in, but Les Willis of um, the Trucking Solutions Group wants to know if you could explain the difference between worker compensation and work accident insurance. Uh, he says that every state has different laws concerning both. The, the worker's accident insurance, as I understand it, is a policy that's generally sold to owner-operators. Uh, when, when the uh, company that they're leased to uh, is wanting to, to treat them as independent contractors. Uh, workers' compensation insurance is required in most states except Texas and I think now Oklahoma for employers to provide for their employees. And the benefits under most workers' compensation insurance policies are much broader than those uh work injury policies. Most of those policies that uh, owner-operators uh, get sold uh, have all benefits ceased after two years. As, as, for instance, I've never run into one that ran farther, longer than that. 
workers' comp goes for your lifetime. It can't. And uh, it, it's a much broader, much more protective kind of uh, plan than, than the... Uh, Which one? The, the workers' comp? Workers' compensation law provides much more coverage. Okay. Well, I mean, that kind of says it right there, worker compensation law. I mean, that's a law. The other one's insurance, right? Yes. And, and, and you know, there, the, the, the issue of, of you know, I understand that uh, owner-operators uh, are, are, are largely independent, uh, or they, they want to be, but they're, 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 there's a whole gray area in there uh, in the trucking industry about whether the owner-operators really are independent businessmen or, 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 or uh, in effect, employees that don't get full benefit. Right. Uh, and the uh, one of the full benefits that, that an, an owner-operator who isn't really an independent businessman who doesn't get to pick his loads and all that sort of stuff that you would do if you're in your own ship uh, or, or in your own business is they have limited work coverage work injury coverage. I've seen a lot of hardships in that area. And we, we battle over trying to have a determination whether the drivers really are an employee or whether they are independent, whether they're truly a, a business. Uh, so. Independence on. I think that was something, uh, Donna, wasn't it FedEx that just made, just came out not too long ago where they determined they were, a judge or something ruled that they were, in fact, employees and not independent workers. Yeah, that's I think. yeah, I think it was FedEx. So, all right. Well, listen, let's grab a few callers here. We've got plenty of time here. I'm going to go to uh, first one up is Vermont. Then we'll go to Texas. Then we'll go to North Dakota, and then we'll see what else we have here. But Vermont area code eight zero two. Welcome to the show. You're on with Rod Ream of TruckerLawyers.com. Go ahead. Hi, Sean. Uh, Hey, John. Um, Good. How are you doing? Good. Great. Um, I just got a simple question, if I could, and, and pardon me, I got a um, little under the weather, but uh, i just curious, as an owner-operator, um, in, I'm, the, I'm the sole owner, the, the owner and the uh, sole employee, am I required to carry workman's comp? I'm going to mix... Um, reviews on this. Some people are telling me you have to, and others are telling me you don't have to anymore. That really varies from state to state. Uh, usually a small business person uh, can can cover it. But some states have an employee limit or, 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 you know, there has to be so many employees before you have to provide it. I don't know what Vermont's rule is, honestly. When I talk to an owner-operator, I I I tell them that that they have to really figure out what kind of coverage they're going to get with one of these work and ins- work insurance policies and compare them side by side to figure out what will I get paid if I have a uh, a catastrophic injury? What's going to happen to me if I can never work again? And if you have workers' comp, in most states, you're going to be able to get benefits for virtually your entire lifetime to replace income and for your medical care. But if you go with the less expensive, and I understand why a business person would want to 
take that risk, if you go with that less expensive uh, work injury policy, most of those have limited uh, income replacement time periods and limited time that they'll pay medical care. If I may, are you saying, just out of curiosity, that if you have a health insurance policy, you don't have workman's comp, and you right. get hurt while you're doing your job uh, as an auto operator, that uh, well, uh, that the health insurance won't cover that much. The workman's comp will cover more. Workers' or, comp will cover more. Workers' comp is in most states has. Uh, pays a higher proportion of all bills than health insurance does. In, in, in very conservative Nebraska, we have the 10th highest rate of, uh, of payment of medical bills, and, and the doctors that choose injured Nebraska workers will get paid more than they get paid by Blue Cross or anybody else by workers' comp. And, and will it supersede the health insurance then to the time you're... Uh... Uh, I mean, uh, if it's providing you with benefits, I'm not quite sure how the the two work together. Um, if you are workman's comp, if you're on the job, you're collecting workman's comp, what happens with your health insurance then? I believe that a true owner-operator, depending upon how his policy is written, can get, can get his personal health insurance to pay for an on-the-job injury, the health, the, the health part. But the benefits will not be as great okay. as the work. Um, okay. And then there's sense. no impact. I mean, I think if the, the owner operator needs to compare, like, what does it cost for me if I want to buy disability insurance and work injury insurance or and health insurance? What you know, what is what works the best for me? I mean, I think the insurance industry. I'm not. One bit embarrassed to criticize them. To come up with a product for owner operators that kind of bridges that, if they wanted to. Okay. But I think they make more money selling the different products they sell now. I hate to be that cynical, but I've been around the block for a while. <laughs> well, I would bet you're right. One one way though um, that. You know, you and your firm can help. You know, like John, like you know, you're you you focus mostly in Nebraska and Iowa. John's right. there in Vermont. I mean, you you often help truckers nationwide through uh, referrals to attorneys in their state that do know that state right. law, though. Is that right? Yes, I do, and I, I I'm affiliated with a group that I'm very proud of called the Workplace Injury Law and Advocacy Group. It's a group that was founded about. 20 years ago, and I started about 18 years ago, of lawyers who were involved in fighting all this workers' comp, workers comp reform by business in the legislature. People that have, you know, go and testify in legislative committees and lobby senators and so forth to try to keep our laws protected. And so the, the, the organization is made up of really knowledgeable, dedicated lawyers, and I feel real comfortable when I refer folks out. I've been an officer in it in the past know a lot of people, but as new members come in, you know, we, we constantly, you know, upgrade our, our Rolodex, although there's, I don't think there's a Rolodex in my office. Talk about a dinosaur. 
Do you have a number for people to call or contact? Uh, like if John wanted, if John needed like your assistance and referral, how how would he go about doing that? Well, it's on it's on our website, it's, uh, uh, and, and I can give it out. We have an eight hundred number that's eight hundred seven three six five five zero three, and I or one of the other lawyers, we try to answer every every question that comes in uh, promptly. Like in this, you know, that's our benefit and the benefit of the people we're trying to serve. But I can look up in a, you know, in, in, in a very quick order uh, who I want to refer somebody to in Vermont. I, I haven't sent something up there for a while, but I usually start with one of the senior members of my association because I know that if they're a leader, they're, you know, they, they can either handle that case or they'll know somebody. Okay, so one eight hundred seven three six five five zero three. If he needed, you know, any uh, legal assistance there to a referral referral to his states, because I would imagine you might just get, you might just get a lot of questions, you know, like John's, you know, you know, like well, you know, some people are telling me I I don't need workers comp. Some say I do. Uh, I mean, do you? I mean, do you take questions like that? I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm I, you know. I don't want to say, you know, it'll be a waste of your time, but, I mean, you guys are so supportive of truckers. I mean, I'm I'm sure you get questions like that all the time. I don't mind doing it. You know, we we do it, and we try to to give him some advice. But, like, on my my bottom line advice on his is he needs to talk to probably an insurance agent as a a businessman and say, okay, you know, what what, what do these things do? Am, Am I protected? Efficiently from a catastrophic injury uh, you know, that I can never work again by having this kind of package or that kind of package. What do they cost? And then he's got to make his mind up on what he thinks is important, you know, that sort of thing. Because, so it okay. depends on like every other, like there's all kinds of things you can, you can get, you know, uh, disability insurance and yeah. uh, things like that. It's just a bigger package, and it just costs more. Does that make sense, John? Well, let me get him back. Yeah, back. I mean the the cost is the bottom line is always an issue, and and whether or not it, it's necessary. Um, but I guess from what Rod's saying, it is necessary because uh, you know something significant happens. Uh, you know, then then I might not be covered for it. Uh, right. You know, in terms of whether or not I have to carry it, carry it, workman's comp. I know the state of Vermont doesn't require you to carry it. You can get a waiver if you're the uh, sole employee. But you know, I sign up with carry. Uh, I sign up as a carrier with companies out of state. You know, in New York, for example. And they're saying that I need workman's comp, but I I thought that uh, it was the state that I was based in that determines whether or not I need it, not the state that I'm working in. I can understand why they're telling you that, because in many states have have a a rule called the statutory employer rule, and that would be if you lease to somebody uh, and they don't have proof that employees of your company have workers' comp coverage and, and and somebody gets hurt, 
they can be, end up being stuck with the cost of, of your workers' comp injury. And, and, and New York may have very protective regulations uh, that, that are designed to protect the, the worker that, that they're worried about if you got hurt in New York and became totally disabled and you don't have insurance, New York law may very well make you their employee and their insurance has to cover you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Unless you have your own insurance and then they're off the hook. So that's probably why they're fine. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, well, and, uh, it kind of does. That nobody wants to, uh, you know, end up on the short end of the stick here. Yeah, so uh, everybody right. wants to cover themselves these days. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and it, it makes sense in that text. Um, you know. And by the way, who do we go to? to get our rights back. Republicans and Democrats, how do we get our rights back? <laughs> well, historically, <laughs> Democrats have been better for labor, but in some states, the Democrats have, have led the way on, on reform, so I'm not sure. Missouri <laughs> has reformed their workers' comp to, the, to hurt workers with Democratic governors. And uh, it's hard to know. I mean, you Honestly. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, now uh, John's going to pull us onto the political side now. So, uh, <laughs> hey, thanks, John. I appreciate it. i got to move on to, uh, let's go to Texas, area code uh, 210, then we'll grab North Dakota. But area code 210, Texas, go ahead. Welcome to the show. Hey, good evening, Jeff. How you doing? Hey, Jeff. I thought that was you. Good. What's going on? Uh, not a whole lot. I, I dropped my call a minute ago, but I called back in. But anyway, I'm... Uh, I'm driving through uh, Virginia on I-81, so if I lose my call, you'll probably know why. Because uh, okay. the service is kind of sporadic out here. But anyway, I want to make a comment about something, but first I want to ask uh, your guest a question. Uh, okay, I drive for a carrier that's based in Nebraska, where he's from. And, uh, you know, for example, if uh, me being a Texas resident, if I was to have a, uh, a uh, accident on the job, like, say, in uh, – in Utah or Colorado or whatever state I might be in at the time when it happens, uh, would I actually file a Orban's comp claim from that state or would I file it from Texas or Nebraska? Or how would I go about doing that? Well, for starters, the Nebraska company will, will always be stuck with, they'll always be liable for their employee, whatever state they're hurt in within the United States. And okay. you have to, what you need to do if you're, injured for working for this Nebraska company is, is probably call somebody like me uh, and, and ask them, uh, you know, is Nebraska law better than Illinois law or better than Iowa law or better than Mexico law? Some of the laws are pretty close to the same. Some of them are worse. Texas is, is, is uh, tough state for workers' comp benefits. Uh, although you know, the Nebraska carrier would have insurance to cover Texas law. Okay. I'm just saying, I mean, I'm just like, like say if the accident happened, if, what I'm trying yeah. to say is if the accident happened in a particular state, I would uh, be able to use different options as far as which state I filed the claim in, right? Yeah. You know, in, in, in some states, the laws are, the, the values are pretty close to the same. I can tell you as a practical matter that 
I know from experience that Nebraska and Ohio end up, after all it shook out, being about the same for injuries that happened in those states. Uh, yeah. The procedures are different. The, the waiting times are different. That You know, if a person lives in Ohio, it may be more convenient. It, it, it would probably be better for them to use in the Ohio law because they don't have to travel to go to court uh, if they do have to go to court. So there's lots of factors that enter into it. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, anyway, gentlemen, I want to make it real quick. That way we can get some of the people in. But uh, if you're no, I was an owner operator at one point in time, and one thing I realized if you're shopping for your own medical insurance and in case you're on workman's compensation insurance, if you have a hazardous materials endorsement on your driver's license, there's a pretty strong chance that it's going to be very hard for you to find an insurance company that will uh, accept you. I mean, I was trying to get my co-driver at the time. Uh, when I hired her to drive with me, I uh, set up an insurance policy for her and uh, everything. And unfortunately, I started working on it, but when I found out that she had a hazmat endorsement on her license, uh, they would not... Uh, allow her to do that, so I had to get her medical insurance from somewhere else, so it's just something to pay attention to if you're going to be looking for uh, medical insurance and or workman's comp insurance. Thank you. That's good to know. Okay. Well, you guys have a great night. I appreciate your time. Hi, Jeff. Yeah. All right, Jeff. Jeff, be safe. Appreciate it. Um, All right. North Dakota, area code 701. You're up. Welcome to the show. Hi, Alan. Hi, Donna. Hey, Deb. What's going on? Well, hey, Deb. I had a different question. It didn't have to do... He's been explaining everything so well. I mean, the, my questions are all answered. So, But I had another question. I was wondering if I could throw it at him. Sure. Okay. The, the use of the dash cams in our truck. I have the stickers on the sides of my truck that say that video and audio recording is going on. If I'm involved in an accident, do I have to release that video to the police? The reason you're not hearing me speak is I'm thinking. I've never had that question asked before. <laughs> uh, I used to... they... Hello? Yeah, I, I'm thinking. I mean, I would... There may be statutes on that in certain states. I don't know. Uh, okay. I know that, that would answer the question by statute. If not, you know, police have, have power to investigate accidents. Then the the making you turn turn over the cameras is, is, is the equivalent of seizing evidence. And you get into the area of of, of, of criminal type law. Uh, and the question is going to be going to get to be kind of a constitutional issue of whether or not uh, they have cause, just cause to, to, to in effect seize it. You know. Uh, and then the what, other the other question along with that is what happens if I die in an accident in the truck? Can they take that without my representatives? Okay. Because it is my truck. This is my truck and my trailer. I'm an owner operator. Right. Uh, the the it's your property, and if you died in the accident, you're supposed to be able to recover all your property, and the supposed to part 
is hard to enforce. Uh, you know, if somebody takes a video... Uh, takes the that, chip out of the camera? Right. And, and that 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 favors one side or the other in the civil litigation or a criminal litigation. You know, let's say that you kill, you were killed and it was somebody else's fault. You probably want the police to have a video of the accident, you know, to make sure that justice is done. Uh, right. And, and, I mean, Rod, you know, could, that, could, could she always would, just... You, oh, go ahead. That's what I say. In those kinds of cases, it gets down to the question of, of whether they have the right to seize it without a search warrant. And, you know, I, I, I think a lot of courts would find that they could in real experience. But, you know, garden variety truck rack, I don't know. I really am just, you know, I'm not going to try to BS you and tell you I know something. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Well, thank you. It's just, it's a question that has come up so many times, and you never get a definitive answer. And I think pretty soon somebody's going to have to come up with some definitive laws about this. Well, you know what happened? Who have you... Yeah. Well, the you know, there's probably... Let, let me just Go ahead. The law reacts really slowly to technology. <laughs> yes, it does. It does. And, and uh, you know, there will be test cases probably about this, this issue. There may have been some already. I've not read them. I mean, there's, there's, you know, on any given day, there's probably, you know, 5,000 cases that are called in in the United States. Nobody can read them all, all the time. But at some point, you know, the courts will resolve who has a right to, to, to look at the videos and things like that, you know. And, and I assume there's already been some court decisions about them in, in, the, in the context of civil litigation. If there's a lawsuit between you over an accident and you have film in your truck and you're asked you have film in your truck, you you are required to answer honestly. And if you answer honestly, and they say, you, will you produce us to look at, I'm, I'm 100% certain that every court in the land would make you turn that over to look if you looked at. That's called discovery in civil lawsuits. Well, because I mean, I... I'm I'm sure the you know if it went to the courts the courts would order her, but I guess you know the the question was can the officer there on the scene, you know if he says give me your video, um, I, I you know I, this is one of those questions Rod where so every law is so different in every state it it is a hard question to to answer. Yeah, and I and I'm I'm imagining that some states have specific regulations and some don't. And then if, if there's uh, uh, a policeman tells a driver, turn over your chip out of your, out of your video camera, the question would be, what's your authority for that? And if you have some bulldog that says, you know, I'm a law enforcement officer, you have to do what I tell you. Yeah, right. You got a pull there, and I, I don't think I'd make it a, into an event that would result in a possible shooting over a video. I think I'd turn it over. 
Yeah, I think I think I think that would be the easiest thing to do, just hand it over, you know. I mean I guess why would you not want to, but uh I don't know. Okay, well that's a that's a question you can ponder while you're sitting in the uh motel room later tonight, Rod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well hey, let me ask you. I mean, Deb's question got me thinking, you know, because truckers are so mobile, I mean state line after state line, I mean they live in one state they're delivering or picking up in one state. Their company is in another state. They're so mobile. Tell us more about what is this Surface Transportation Assistance Act? I mean, I know this all plays in with personal injury and workers' comp, and you wanted to discuss that a little bit on the show too. Well, the Surface Transportation Assistance Act is a, is a law that that's enforced that that comes under OSHA that's designed to protect. Uh, and provide a safer workplace for truckers, and it provides for uh, remedies if truckers get uh, terminated or disciplined for insisting on having their driving hour regulations enforced and insisting on having safe vehicles and things like that. It, it, we call it the 2012 meeting at the convention. Paul Taylor from Truckers Justice spoke about this. I mean, and it's a kind of an overlooked rule that helps protect truckers from getting pushed around and, and, and being forced to do unsafe things is, is really what that that law is about. And, and well, you were at the convention when, um, <clears throat> when Paul actually uh, had his presentation, and he referred yeah. quite a bit to that. So, um, yeah. And we, we refer a lot of people up to Paul uh, because I think he is highly specialized in that and highly knowledgeable. I don't know anybody that you know knows more about it than he does, but it's just a law that I think people uh, need to know is out there because it does work if, 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 if the company is way overstepping the bounds and making you drive a truck don't break or whatever. You know, it's, you, it's called the whistleblower protection, isn't it? That's the one. Correct. Correct. Yeah, we've written about that too. I mean, he, uh, Paul, you know, he he deals a lot in uh, employment law, which I know you do too. But you're more on, you're more involved with the personal injury workers' compensation right. side. Right. And there's this, there's another federal law that that the owner operators should read up on the interstate. There's Truth in the federal leasing, the fair leasing protection law. I don't know the name of it off the top. There's a lot of rules that would probably defeat some of the a lot of, a lot of statutory provisions in this one that are rules that would help truckers defeat some of the more unfair things in the leasing written by the company. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Well, listen, one um do you and your firm do y'all have a criteria you go by to base uh to to base on, you know, if you take a case or not? I mean, is there ever a case too small or, you know, too minimum to I mean, I, I would think you would have a, a set of criteria you go by whether or not a case is worthy to pick up or not? Well, that depends on you know, we have young we have a not always, but you know, there's usually we've we've been growing so there's usually a young person in there and the younger people will handle smaller cases. I mean, I, 
my background is I was a public defender before I got into civil law, so I've got this this thing about standing up for the little guy. And, you know, sometimes we'll take a small case just because it feels good to help somebody that's getting jacked around just because the insurance insurance for the truck decline or the trucking line knows that, well, it's too low, too little, nobody will ever fight over it. So it varies. If it, if it seems like somebody's really getting uh, getting had and, and being abused, you know, we'll take most anything on, frankly, because we make plenty of money on the other one. And uh, it, when we do them right, you know, so we can afford to do that. We basically look at whether or not the person uh, that's calling us or, the, or that's meeting with us uh, is, is honestly injured and, and, and they don't have a history of injuries that there aren't telling about. Pre-existing injuries are hard to deal with, particularly if if, if they haven't been fully disclosed. And that's one of the worst things to deal with for us. Uh, and, and, and we honestly try to fashion a, a way to handle it so that if they're better off, the person that calls us with a lawyer in Arizona or California even though they might have Nebraska or Iowa jurisdiction, you know, we hook them up with somebody that takes care of them. Because frequently, the extra money that they might make in one state is off, you know, is offset by travel expense and that sort of thing. Okay, I, um, you know, I, I was you know, wondering. If, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, oh no, I was. Well, go ahead and finish your thought. Well, I've been reading some things about the growth of the trucking industry. And, you know, I think that these issues that we're talking about are, are going to be new issues to, you know, Lord knows how many new truckers as time goes by. I mean, Nebraska is a small state, and I saw that there's going to be 5,000 new trucking jobs added in this state alone, added in this little state alone in uh 2015, trucking industry is expected to grow so much. So I think it's important that these new new entries into the business get informed and understand what their rights are. And so I'm, I'm glad you guys do what you do. And, and, and being on the in the social media is obviously a good way to get a hold of people and keep in touch and inform people. Oh, I think it's very important, especially for the newcomers coming in, because I mean, I, I don't know for sure, but I would think that the newcomers, uh, you know, they're getting used to the truck. They're, you know, they're out on the road for the first time probably ever in their lives. And, I mean, they may be the ones who uh, experience the injuries most often. Uh, probably will be because they're not used to, to uh, dealing with the things that could be a certain number of, of problems that do arise just from unfamiliarity. What, what are the what are the most common mistakes that uh, drivers maybe not mistakes but maybe a bullet point for drivers uh, you know because I, I you know I don't want to keep you here all night I know you you know you need to get some rest and and you're tired but uh, I've got meetings a, a bullet a, a, maybe a bullet point for drivers especially those new ones if they get injured on a job things that they might do wrong and, you know, that kind of thing that they shouldn't do. or You know, here's a bullet point. Here's what you need to do if you get injured on the job. Bullet point. The most important thing to do is report it 
in every way you can and, and try to figure out a way that you document reporting the injury as soon as you can after it hurts. Uh, if there's a delay in reporting an injury, you start in a, in a deep hole, and, and the companies are going to uh, dig in and fight those cases if somebody turns in a report two, three, four weeks after they get hurt. Uh, and when you're reporting, uh, I, I highly recommend that uh, workers use some way where they can document that there's been a report, either at Qualcomm or if they have a laptop, on the laptop into you know, email or email off their smartphone or text, texting somebody. Uh, because uh, failure to notify is claimed frequently, and 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 that's that's the first big bullet point. Report it and report it intelligently. Uh, second thing that, that's overwhelmingly and across the board important is to get medical care as quickly as you can. Uh, and it's easy for me to say it's difficult for some guy or woman, you know, a few thousand miles from home to do. But uh, delay in treatment is another thing that, that, that throws up red flags for the insurance companies, the pending truckers, truck, truck lines, judges who decide cases, the commissioner. You, you want to try to get in as, as soon as you can to the medical uh, providers. And then they need to be told. The medical providers need to have an accurate history. They absolutely have to understand how you got hurt and and see a lot of people lose where they haven't told the story correctly, you know, the history. Right. Out what on the job and and it, it, and and you know what gets said in a urgent care in a shopping mall with somebody at two o'clock in the morning you don't for starters, you don't control what they write down. I mean, anything that you write down, make sure you write down if you think you were hurt on the job. If you write it down, if you were hurt on the job. It's amazing how many people, when they fill out forms, don't do things like that. Uh, those are some of the major, major uh, issues. And then if, if you're being denied, delayed, you know, and I know this is going to be viewed as self-serving because I'm a lawyer, and you know what, I make a living doing this. They should get a lawyer. Because once you start getting denied, they're not going to stop. And and, and it, it, people can really get cheated if they take a denial and just move along. And, and I think truckers have a tendency to do that just because of the nature of their industry and the nature that there are, you know, right now abundant jobs. They can go find another job and work crippled and, you know, not have to fight with the man, all that sort of stuff. I think more right. of them need to get representation and stand up and make, make, make the company. Oh, absolutely. I don't think that's, I don't think that's self-serving at all. I mean, I mean, at, you know, at a point like that, I mean, not getting an attorney, not, not consulting with an attorney, I mean, could end up costing you thousands and thousands of dollars. I mean, I I think that's that's why we're having this show because you guys are such big supporters of drivers and and you provide you put information like I said on your blog out there all the time. So I mean, that's Donna. That's why we're at, at having the show. After, you know, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of people. 
I, I wouldn't think about doing something without having an attorney uh. behind me because, let's face it, the companies definitely have an attorney behind them. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, foolish not to, actually. Hey, Rod, I've got a, another question in the chat room for you. Um, it's my understanding that insurance requirements are enforced by the state that the carrier is registered in. Even if the carrier is leased under another carrier and uses that carrier's DOT number and or authority, and they want to know if that's correct, that the um, insurance requirements are enforced by the state that the carrier is registered in. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, but I, I, I don't know that that's the case. The carrier being... The carrier being the motor carrier. The motor carrier that the owner-operator is leased. Uh, mm-hmm. So it has to be that state is what they're assuming. I don't know that you can assume that because of all these jurisdictions that they drive through. I mean, it's the fact. Uh, I mean, I, and yeah, he, and he's he, he's talking about insurance requirements, right? Uh, and that's a whole different thing I, than I, um, I, workman's comp. Yeah, are, are, I've never. Are you are, are you an insurance agent? No, I'm not. Okay. Uh, and and I, 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 I think there's a lot of confusion on some of these things because I've never litigated. I've, I've never had a dispute where we had to dig down and drill through the coverage issues. But I'm aware of cases where there's been a claim that, well, because the law of such and such didn't require me to have insurance to cover all 50 states, therefore I don't have coverage or an accident that happened outside my home base state. I, I, I'm aware that those cases where people who are making that defense have been forced to pay, which tells me that the, that, that, that the position... Now you're breaking up. You're breaking up a little bit on us. That tells me that 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 what the chat room uh, that I disagree with what the chat room says, but I'm I, I'm also not an expert in insurance coverage since I'm. You know, that's just not what we do. What we do is is, is sue people to make them pay when they've hurt someone. Yeah. Right, and, and, right. That's what that's and, what and, that's and, kind of was my point. It's a you're you're not really into ins, insurance, so it, I mean that was just kind of a total different area. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, All right. Short well, answer, short answer is I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, that's understandable. That's understandable. Uh, all right. Well, look, I know uh, I'm watching the time. Time's kind of winding down here. What are, uh, and, you know, I know you need to go, but what, what's your final comments? What is it that you're, you would like to specifically get across to? I mean, we have a lot of listeners, especially from the archives on these shows, just a ton of them. And so it's going to be listened to much later and by uh, by a lot of people, and we're getting more and more newcomers to the industry to the show too. So, what in your final comments? What what would you specifically like to get across? You know, to our listeners of the show for you know what truckerlawyers.com has to offer. Well, what we offer is 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 knowledge and legal assistance, and the knowledge is power, and it, it always has been. And truckers 
have more rights to get paid for their injuries out on, out on the road than they probably realize, than most of them realize. And they just need to understand that they shouldn't take no as an answer. And I see an awful lot of that. Mm. Where, where, where drivers, I think, are fearful. And they're fearful of, of uh, being blackballed. And, you know, that's a whole other topic, but because the DAC reports go in whether you whether you play ball with them or not. I mean, every time you're in an accident or a worker's comp complaint, a court is filed, right. there's a DAC report on it. And people, like, I think they just need to understand they have rights. There are people out there that will help them and that they shouldn't be afraid uh, and just take whatever the company wants to give them. They need to stand up and fight. You know? And I think that too bad truckers, you know, they could be a powerful force for good for all working people. It would be great if there'd be a way to get um, to get some sort of uh, organized effort at some point to, to to have truckers be a force nationwide to, to stand up for working rights. You know, because they do such a dangerous job. I mean, that's the other thing is that and that I haven't mentioned or that, that you're very well of it are very well aware of is that trucking is just so dangerous. There are so it's got such a high uh, injury rate. It's one of the most dangerous jobs in the world. And you know, people need to understand that if they get hurt, they're, they're going to have rights to get paid for it. Yeah, well, I think that's great because I mean, and I, I've said it before, and I've, I've talked about it, I've blogged about it, written about it, and, you know, you can actually almost say that there are a lot of drivers who are fearful of exercising their rights, and they shouldn't be. Absolutely. And they think that's all part of that whistleblower thing. Yeah, that's another thing is because, I mean, that's a whole other topic, and, and, and if you've never had Paul on, you got to get him on sometime. I think he's great. He knows so much about that whole area of whistleblowing. Mind blowing. But yeah, uh, he's due to come on again. I, he was on maybe a couple of years ago. The last time yeah. he was on, maybe a year. I can't keep track. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, he gives uh, he, he gives some really really good uh, info out there. Yeah, and you're just reiterating what we always hear, you know, and I'm I'm always glad to hear that because the drivers need to know that, especially the newcomers, because you know they're 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 afraid, you know, they're they're fearful of of you know losing their job or their DAC report, and and you know they don't they don't need to be fearful of that stuff, and they need to understand OSHA, they need to understand the Surface Act, the whistleblower. Because that's all works. That all works for them. That's their rights. They need to learn to exercise those rights. And because Rod, I mean, especially you know, with you guys at TruckersLawyers.com, all of you guys out there that can help them, uh, they'll come out much. They'll come out much, for, for, you know, for the better. They don't need to worry and be fearful of exercising those rights anymore. Well, I don't think so. And uh, you know, we're willing to help anybody that we can within our jurisdiction and put them in the hands of people we trust in other parts of the country. And uh, uh, too bad so many of them get hurt. But, you know, as the industry grows, it doesn't, it doesn't look to me like it, that, that, that the injury rate is going down any for truckers. It's just hard, uh, hard work, heavy work. Vibrations mm-hmm. in the trucks are staying. So many ways people get hurt out there on the road, it's, it's mind-boggling. 
Yeah, I know. Well, that's why uh, uh, you know it's good to have uh, you know people like you out there <laughs> fighting for us. But look, our time's winding down. Uh, thanks again for being with us this evening, and uh, I, I assume the best way again for drivers to get in touch with you or your associates. You guys, uh, you have a lot of great associates there uh, at truckerslawyers.com. We just we just go go through the website. Everything they need is will be right there, right? Yep, they can fill in. If they want to talk to us, they can call. We've got our 800 number on the site. The 800 number, our general 800 number is 800-736-5503. Uh, and uh, truckerlawyers.com, we have uh, interactive forms they can send in on, and they can write comments on our blog. They can write comments on our Facebook. Uh, we Twitter, or we tweet, I guess. Sorry. Somebody tweet. <laughs> uh, so we're real accessible, and... and uh, you know, uh, we we like to help people, and, it, and it, ultimately that helps our practice. So uh, thank you for having me on, uh, Alan and Donna. I appreciate it. Oh, oh we, all right. You. We we appreciate it, Ron. Have have a uh, have a great evening. And you know, Donna, too, a very easy way for people to get to uh, Rod and his associates and and uh, truckerslawyers.com is truckingsocialmedia.com, and they go to the uh, partners page, right? Right. We we uh, you Trevor, Trevor Lawyers has a a, mm-hmm. a banner on the trucking social media website. Uh, they also have a banner on askthetrucker.com. So, um, but on the trucking social media, truckingsocialmedia.com, go to the partners page, and you'll see truckerlawyers.com banner, and underneath that banner is a link to their Facebook, their Twitter. And their LinkedIn, so good easy way to get there, right? Yeah, if you, you can get them one way or the other, especially if you're on social media, because I know I know they're they're all over there. They're very active, and again, their number one eight hundred seven three six five five zero three, and they also often help truckers nationwide through their referral service. So a lot of great service. But listen, we'll take a quick break, and we will be back. And Donna, I know you have some you have some really good, cool uh, announcements. Oh, we have a big announcement tonight. Yeah, you have some um, cool ones. So, so you want to stick around for uh, a couple a couple coming up, a uh, few announcements we have. But there is one that just uh, came out. What do they call that? Like Fox Alerts? Yeah, Fox Alert. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I need. I'm going to have to get a sound effect for this. So, <laughs> hey, we'll take a quick break. Be right back. Hang with us. You're listening to Truth About Trucking live on Blog Talk Radio. Alan Smith will be right back. Heads up, truckers. Are you looking for deals on trucks, trailers, parts, or equipment? Or maybe you need to sell something truck-related. Well, there's a great spot on the web where truckers deal with other truckers. No middlemen involved. That's why we call it TruckerToTrucker.com. There's no charge at all for looking. And if you want to place an ad for what you're selling, it's just $19.95. And it runs till it sells. So whether you're buying or selling, it's time to log on and take a look. TruckerToTrucker.com. Check it out. That's TruckerToTrucker.com. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here with the Truth About Trucking Live, and I want to tell you about TruckerLawyers.com. TruckerLawyers.com helps drivers with their legal needs, and they specialize in workers' compensation, trucking accidents, employment law, and other areas 
but they never work for trucking companies. TruckerLawyers.com arms you with important information regarding workers' compensation and your legal rights, and they are also available to help you find assistance for additional legal issues. This includes determining how to get you the best benefits possible for your situation. The website TruckerLawyers.com is a resource where you can learn more about your legal rights as a driver. Feel free to continue the social media conversation by liking them on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash trucker lawyers and follow them on Twitter as at trucker lawyers. Call them to talk through your questions at 1-800-736-5503. And when you call truckerlawyers.com, be sure to mention that you heard about them on Truth About Trucking Live. There's a lot of copycats out there, but you know, there's only one. Truth About Trucking Live. Now, back to the show. Well, I forgot all about the little sponsor spot there. We gave out the phone number. It was already right there, Donna. Yeah. (laughs) All right, well, what do you have for us? Well, we have a, a, a new update that just came in from the uh, staff of Senator Rubio's uh, office. Uh, James Lamb, who's the chairman of the Small Business and Transportation Coalition, sent this over to us. The message was, we are ready to go. And that's in uh, reference to Mike's Law. So you say, well, what is Mike's Law? What's Mike's Law? Uh, okay. <laughs> it is the right to carry bill. Um, it was named after... Uh, Mike, Mike Mike Beglin, who was murdered in Detroit on June 26th, and uh, this is a law for a uh, petition that can be found over at the um, InterstateRightToCarry.org. So far, there's 7,400 signatures, and it is the right to carry through all 48 states. Uh, right now, everybody's familiar with the uh, reciprocity laws. Uh, within all the states and you know if you have your permit here and you can't use it here and and it's it's quite a headache and this is a petition to have one permit specifically for interstate uh, truck drivers and basically I'll I'll just read to you uh, the first part of it it's uh, once an American citizen leaves his state and engages in interstate commerce his ability to carry a firearm and guard the shipment should be protected under the federal law pursuant to the Interstate Commerce Clause in the spirit of the Second Amendment. Um, let me read through it. Uh, there should be a federal business carry permit issued by the ATF that supersedes and preempts states' laws and the right to regulate the carrying of guns. And uh, the state should not be allowed to interfere with this interstate commerce in this manner. So this is the petition, and uh, basically uh, SBTC filed the petition with the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate, uh, and then U.S. Senator Marco Rubio, uh, out of our home state here of Florida, is uh, taking the lead, and, uh, and he just sent the message today. They're on their way, and we're ready to go. So, <clears throat> that, well, he moved on that, didn't he? Yeah, that uh, that went down fast. Right. So it is a um, it is a bill, and I'm trying to see if it has a, it doesn't have a number from what I can see. I'm just looking through my notes here. Bear with me. Um, but if you'd like to sign the petition, uh, you can go to that 
interstaterighttocarry.org. It's already got 7,400-plus signatures, and uh, it's, it's, it's on its way. So that's our, our big news for that tonight. And that was Marco Rubio, huh? Well, yeah, Marco Rubio. I, mean, I believe he's going to be uh, one of the candidates, um, you know, when they have the primaries and they kind of duke it out there uh, for the uh, presidential election in 2016. I mean, that's what I heard a while ago. I don't know if he's still, uh, you know, looking to do that. I haven't heard that in a few months, but you never know. Yeah, I think they're grooming him. Okay. I'll well, to, I've heard him speak, and I was impressed. So I'll, I'll, I'll call him after the show. We'll chat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. What else do I have here? Uh, oh, uh, Mixac committee, committee meetings were uh, October 26th and 20, uh, 27th and 28th. And uh, just read to you the manner in which DOT medical examiners treat commercial drivers' use of certain prescription medications. Uh, will be revised uh, under a recommendation by uh, FMCSA Advisory Panel. Uh, the recommendation was offered to FMCSA at the uh, October 27th meeting, uh, and it um, uh, a review by the uh, FMCSA's Medical Review Board regarding drivers using Schedule II meds, and this is because research has suggested that there are some Schedule II drugs which include opioids and stimulants that may increase uh, driving risk, uh, especially if they are not monitored correctly. So, like what? You got an example? Um, oh, well, I, I think there. You know, I'd have to go look at that that list uh, over at the FMCSA site. Oh, they have a list. Okay. Yeah. So you'd have to go over there at the Schedule II drugs, and yeah. but. You know whether they're over the counter or prescriptions like opioids uh, most likely those are your you know if you have back pain or some kind of toothache and you're on some kind of uh medication for that you know that that can actually interfere with your driving I mean it says right on the bottle sometimes yeah. you know don't yeah. don't use if you're driving and then there's stimulants and uh anyway, you'd have to go look at the list but uh, Mixac recommended that um, evaluations prepared by DOT medical examiners be revised to require more information about a driver's use of Schedule II drugs and the possible effects on the ability to drive safely. Um, uh, one thing that was brought up during that Mixac meeting, I'm just going to uh, mention it, the Mixac is made up of 20 representatives of safety advocacy groups uh, state enforcement officials, industry and labor, and uh, the Medical Review Board consists of five medical professionals. Well, on this last meeting, they did announce Scott Hernandez, uh, beginning next year, will be the new chairman of the Motor Carrier Safety Safety Advisory Committee, which is MCSAC. And uh, just so you know, Hernandez is a colonel with the Colorado State Patrol. Now, I know there was quite a discussion on Facebook when this came out uh, because drivers feel <clears throat> that more drivers should be represented. There's still no on driver the, on the MSAC. Well, I think, you know, I mean, okay. I, How about a driver? Here's a suggestion. How about getting a driver? <laughs> Just just throwing that out for him. Okay, I think I think they're. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, Todd Todd uh, Spencer has his, his CDL. He's on the committee, but he's not. I mean, he. I he mean, knows about I mean a a current 
a current driver? Experienced driver. No, I don't think there's anybody No, there, there. isn't. I wrote about that. Okay. So, so just throwing it out there again. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, so... Uh, so Scott Hernandez, that's uh, the new chairman of the Mixac meeting. Prior to that, there was somebody from um, one of the um, advocacy groups, and I don't have that in front of me. But anyway, he's taking that place. So uh, that's the update on the advisory board wants a closer look at schedule to drugs. And I think when you're on a drug also uh, that they're talking about having your your um your medical doctor fill out a form and and it looks like it get can get quite involved so we're going to have to keep mm. our eye on this uh schedule 2 drug uh thing going on um what else at the same mixac committee they spoke about the current insurance minimums for carriers and their, yeah uh, this is liability. a big one it's, this is big this can go up to 4 million dollars for liability liability insurance and uh Ooh, that's going to hurt that is going to hurt and uh rich wilson over at tcrg consulting was at the meeting and he made note at the meeting and added that new costs for owner operators could well exceed 20,000 yearly for insurance um as a minimum of 5 million is ultimately selected uh that's based on um you know, five million. Wilson based his analysis on several conversations with insurance company representatives. Who's so, this Wilson guy? <laughs> that's Rich. Well, Rich Wilson was one of our speakers uh, at the TC at the TC at the Truck Driver Social Media Convention in 2011-2012. Um, well, and on, on top of that four million dollar increase possibility, not that we're a political show, but like I was telling. Rod Ream, next year, 2015, a lot more of the aspects of the of the Health Care Act is going to go into effect, and that is supposed to hurt businesses even more. There's yeah, there's a lot. You know, I mean, all these costs, some EPA, and this and that. It's it it really is quite a burden uh, on the small business person. That's a big hit. That is a big four million. Hit. That's a lot. So. Uh, we'll see what happens. They haven't they haven't come up with uh, you know a, a cost yet. FMCSA is required by law uh, to conduct first a, a cost benefits analysis and uh-huh. to specifically review it uh, how it's going to affect small businesses. And this this came right from Larry Miner of the FMCSA. So uh, whether too many end up going out of business as a result of all this, it's all going to be. Uh, taken into consideration in that uh, analysis, so uh, we got to keep our eye on this one. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting. And now, for all you e-log uh, lovers, uh, <laughs> FMCSA is to track e-log providers, and in in, te- in anticipation of the day when truck drivers are required to track their hours with an electronic logging device, and it's coming soon. The Do they have FM- a date? I mean, I've been hearing about that for I 10 years. I mean, yeah, I, <laughs> you know, I it's it's right around the corner and I'll be honest with you, I mean, it's hard to keep track of all these uh final rules and proposed rules and and you name it and it's coming out, but 
just go to the FMCSA website and you click on, you know, rules, proposed rules, final rules, uh, rules that we're, we're thinking and dreaming about, and uh, you can you can find it all there. Um, the FMCSA has filed for permission from the White House Office Management and Budget to create a registry of these e-log vendors. So uh, the FMCSA will have to ask the vendors to self-certify that their products will meet the government's required specifications. So anyway, that's uh, that's in the notice of proposed rulemakings for them. Now we have uh, a new date, December 8th, Kenny Capel's trial. So who's Kenny Capel? Well, if you remember from one of our recent, uh, well, a couple of months ago, Kenny was on, and he was, if you remember, arrested for obstruction of justice. He had been repeatedly woken up by the Georgia Motor Carrier Compliance Division and uh, in order to, to conduct an inspection. He was woken up while he was under uh, his uh, federally mandated sleep uh, in pursuant of 49 CFR 39F, and the last time he did refuse, which led to his arrest. So <clears throat> what's going on with that? Well, he had a couple of the court hearings uh, postponed. The next one is December 8th. In the meantime, once again, SBTC is filed with the Department of Justice um, as they file police misconduct complaint with the U.S. Department of Justice and uh, request for pattern and practice investigation of the Georgia Motor Carrier Compliance Division civil application. So, uh, SBTC believes that it's unlawful to wake up a commercial motor vehicle, which I think everybody listening to this program right now is going to be in agreement with. And it can contribute to driver fatigue, which can be detrimental to public safety. And we all know that driver fatigue is on the radar of just about everybody, not just the FMCSA, but the general public and everybody else. So at a time when everybody's worried about driver fatigue, they're waking drivers up uh, to do inspections. So anyway, if you want to read more about this, you can go to uh, www.stopwakingtruckers.org. And you can see more what's going on with that. Uh, I'm looking through. I think I covered, oh, I know I've got a big one. What am I talking about? I forgot the the new website. North American Trucking Alerts. I know I promised that it would be done November 1st. And uh, we're already November 6th, but it was so much to do. And anybody who's ever put anything like this together, you know, I mean, we've got everybody working on it. And I just want to uh, say thank you to, to everybody behind the scenes, John Burnett, who's who's working, and Hal, Hal Kaya, uh, who over at the Trucking um, Truck Driver Career Group is helping, and Alan and I, and we're just getting it all together. So, And I want to thank all our um, contributors so far who will be contributing articles and to this website, and I'm going to say their names right now. I hope I don't miss anybody. Tom Kirk, Jeff Barker, Brian Carlson, James Land, Joan Ragby, who is Miss, Missy Lady Trucker, Hal Kaya, and Alan Smith, and Tom Ingoldi is our latest uh, contributor. 
So when that, you know, they'll be one of our first uh, authors going up there. And and basically, let me just uh, tell you what North American Trucking Alerts is all about. Uh, it's a new movement which will separate complainers and blamers from the doers. And it re- represents a call to action. All those who are actively choosing to be a part of real solutions in the industry. And we call it the three A's, awareness, accountability, and action. Uh, The call for awareness, accountability, and action from all those involved includes drivers, carriers, shippers, receivers, brokers, um, trucking groups, CDL schools, and, and, and all the organizations. It's time to address the truck driver shortage as well as other issues facing the industry, and it is, uh, it, its premise is that the professional driver is uh, the, the one that surrounds all these issues. So by supporting the driver and their issues, you're actually supporting yourself. And um, actually, we have a new, um, a new video, actually, that's going to be coming out, or it, it is out, sort of, on Facebook, and it is our invitation to the North American Trucking Alerts.com website. Go over there, sign up for the updates. Um, it'll be released in full. Um, we're hoping by next week. I hope I don't have to come on the show again and, and give another week's extension. So just go up and sign up on the sign up form. You'll get your updates and. Uh, and you'll be very pleased with what's going on with this website, North American Trucking Alerts.com. And that's it, Emily. That's it. That's it. All right. There was some big news in there. We'll yeah. have to really keep an eye on a few of those things. So, Okay, sounds good. Thanks again for tuning in. appreciate it very much. Be sure to uh, bookmark us and add us to your favorites. And special thanks again to uh, our special guest, Rod Ream of TruckerLawyers.com. Be sure to check out their site. Great supporters of uh, drivers and their rights. So, Until next time, on behalf of Donna Smith, TruthAboutTrucking.com, TruckingSocialMedia.com, AskTheTrucker.com, NorthAmericanTruckingAlerts.com, Blog Talk Radio, and Truth About Trucking Live. I'm Alan Smith. Drive safe, and thanks for listening.